So there's a really good book by uh, Ruth Sokup called Do It Scared. And in this book, she talks about what she calls the seven fear archetype, archetypes. And I thought it was so good because um, when you start identifying this, you're going to find out that you're one of these fear archetypes. Like one of, these, one of these things right here is the thing that you typically do. It's like your default fear mechanism to keep you from having to go um, down this thing where you've got the ego, you know, it, it's, the, it's the thing that keeps you from having to focus on uh, doing this so you don't feel like you're enough and not being loved. And so she wrote down seven in this book and um, she's awesome. I had a chance to get to know her a little bit over the last couple of years. And I want to share this with you because I think if you can identify which one of these fear archetypes is the one that you traditionally go to in your own personal life, you become aware of it. It's like, oh, that's my pattern. Crap. Okay, the more aware we are of our patterns, the easier it is to break the pattern. So I'm going to go through these in detail, okay? So these seven fear archetypes, the very first one she calls the procrastinator, okay? Um, and so the procrastinator, their biggest fear is like fear of making a mistake. What if I mess up? Oh, if I mess up, I'm not going to be enough and I won't be loved, right? That's the fear. I, oh, what if I, I, I don't want to make a mistake? And so some of the things that the procrastinator says in their minds, like, well, I need it to be perfect. It's better to do nothing than to make a mistake. I'm still working on my plan. I'm so busy. Like that's the, those are the telltale signs of a procrastinator. Uh, and that, for so many people, that, that's the reason why they never move past number three, because the call or the refusal of the call is like that. Okay, like, well, I want to do it, but it needs to be perfect. Um, you know, I'm still working. I'm still, so, I'm so busy. Da, da, and like, that's what they're stuck at. I'm curious, how many of you guys think this may be your fear archetype? How many of you guys are like, yep, I'm the procrastinator. That's definitely me. I'm stuck at step number three, and I have been for 10 years because of this. I keep procrastinating. All right, we got some procrastinators in the comments. All right, so that's number one. So if you're a procrastinator, write that down so you know, like, this is your pattern that you default to as soon as you start going down here because you don't want to, because you're afraid of these two things happening, okay? It's a procrastinator. Number two is called the rule keeper. This person has such a fear of breaking rules that they do not want to go on the journey to begin with, okay? Um, a couple of things, that the, the, the rule followers, um, these are things that say, well, I don't think that's allowed. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to risk it. Is this the right path? Are you sure I should be doing this? I'm not going to go past step number three because, yeah, honestly, to do anything great in life, you pretty much have to break some rules, okay? And so the rule keepers keep themselves at step number three because they're too scared of breaking the rules. Where are my rule keepers at? If you are a rule keeper, let me know in the comments down below. I want to see my rule keepers. Yeah, we got some, we got a lot of rebels too. We got rebels and rule keepers. This is your fear archetype is the fact that you are a rule keeper. And so you're so scared to go out there and actually do what you need to do to progress. Okay. Uh, my wife, I love her to death. This is her. She is the rule keeper. She is so scared of breaking a rule that she won't progress on so many things. It's like to be successful, hon, you got to break some rules. Um, and I'm the opposite of the rule keeper. So we, we have this fun yin yang where we're always pulling each other. She's pulling me back to the light. I'm pulling her into the darkness. Not really, but um, anyway, it's kind of fun. All right. Number three is the people pleaser. All right. The people pleaser, pleaser have such a fear of being judged. They won't move past step number three. Okay. Uh, here's some things that they, that they think of, right? Well, this is how the refusal of the call sounds like to, in, in their head as they start pursuing forward. Like, well, what if they don't like me? Oh, what if I do that? It's not going to work. Um, I'll do whatever you choose. Like, I'm so embarrassed. Like, they're going to judge me. Okay. For the people pleasers, how many of the people pleasers out here? Okay. We got some people pleasers. <laughs> All right. Yes. A lot of us, right? Um, and for some of you guys, this is your fear arch archetype. This was keeping you from moving forward. Okay. Next one here is the outcast. Okay, the outcast, what they typically do is they try to reject others so that they're not going to be rejected. This is how they keep fear at bay, right? Uh, if I reject them before, then they're going to reject me. I can't trust those people. I'm not going to ask for them for help. I'm so independent, okay? For someone, if you look at step number four, then the hero's journey is all about finding the guide and finding the person who's going to take you on the journey, right? And they're not willing to find a guide. They're not willing to partner with people. They're not willing to, fight, to connect with people because they want to reject people before they get rejected. And therefore, they're called the outcast. How many of you guys are the outcast here? We got some outcasts as well. 
Okay, so that's another fear archetype that's keeping some of you guys back from it. Uh, the next one here is the self-doubter. Um, the self-doubter is very afraid of not being capable or not being enough. Okay, it comes back to here like, I'm not going to be enough. Like, ah, I'm not going to be enough. And if that happens, I'm not going to be loved. Okay, so the other one's like, well, this is cool. I hear the call of adventure, um, but I don't think I can do that. What if I fail? If I fail, I'm not going to be enough. Look at them trying. I hope they fail. <laughs> do you see that? And they start inserting gossip, pointing fingers at other people. Okay, um, they are so afraid of not being enough, they won't move past step number three. Okay, self-doubters. How many of you guys are self-doubters in here? All right, we got some self-doubters. Interesting, I'm liking comments. So some people say, I can step in the outcast at times. Yeah, some of you guys are multiple. Leagues. Some of you guys shift from this one to this one. Or some of you guys is like, use this one, this one, like one, two, three, four in a row. All these things protecting. Resistance is using all these fear tools to keep you from actually moving forward, right? It's crazy. Okay, self-doubter. Next one is the excuse maker. Uh, the excuse maker. Um, they have so much fear of being held accountable that they just make excuses for everything. They don't want to be one's hold accountable. If you ever read the book, Atlas Shrugged, um, it's one of my favorites, but in this book, it's all about that where most of society wants to make excuses because they don't want to be the ones who are in charge. They don't want to have the responsibility land on their shoulders. So they're doing just enough to move forward, but not enough that like if they get in trouble, it's them, right? So they're trying to like make sure that they don't have the fear of being held accountable. So um, a lot of things that, that um, the excuse maker says, like it wasn't me, it was them. Uh, I can't do it because of that. Well, the reason I, do it, the reason why I didn't do it is because of this, right? Or I blame that person. Okay, and all this is the fear archetype to keep you from moving to step number four in the hero's journey, okay? Next one is the pessimist, and this is actually the last of the seven. So uh, actually, I didn't ask, how many guys, how many guys are the excuse makers? All right, so, so I, there are no excuses. All right, we got some excuse makers. We got some people saying no. Um, very cool, okay. Uh, and then the last one here again is the pessimist. The pessimist has fear of struggling or of pain. So they hear the call of adventure, and they're like, well, that seems really hard. I don't think it's possible. I tried before, it didn't work. Life is hard, I'm not even gonna try. Very skeptical of everything. I keep hearing this desire, but that sounds like a lot of work, I'm not gonna do it, okay? Boom, there's the pessimist. Um, so these are the seven fear archetypes. Um, again, if you wanna read deeper on this, the name of the book is called Do It Scared. Um, and uh, it's an awesome book, but um, it goes deep into these different uh, fear archetypes. But again, for all of us, as you, as you hear that call to adventure, right? you hear, like, you're in your ordinary world, you hear the call to adventure, and immediately you, the, the refusal of the call happens. This is what's happening. We're refusing the call because of fear, right? And typically, it's not because of these things right here. Typically, it's because of our ego. It's like we're afraid that if we do and we fail it, we're not going to be enough. We're not going to be enough. We're, gonna, we're not going to be loved, right? And so we have all these fear archetypes that are protecting our ego, right? The procrastinators protecting our ego. The, uh, the rule followers protecting our ego. The people pleasers protecting our ego. The outcast is protecting the, our ego. Uh, Self-doubters protecting our ego. The excuse maker, blame shifters protecting our ego. The pessimist is protecting our ego. All these archetypes are to protect your ego so that you don't get a spot where you're not, you don't feel like you're enough and because of that you won't feel loved. Okay, and that's a lot we're going against. It's a lot we're going to fight against, right? So for you guys to be, to be able to be successful and to move past that and start moving towards the goal, towards the journey that you're trying to go on to be able to hit the, the, accomplishment, the accomplishments you're looking for, you got to be aware of like, what is the tool that the resistance is using against you? What is your default mode? And when you become aware of it, you've got to stop it. Okay, the way patterns work, we have this pattern, right? And something will happen, we get triggered, we go this pattern, it starts happening, and all of a sudden, like, it's this downward spiral, and it starts happening, and it starts happening, and next thing we know, two days later, like, we're sitting on the couch, eating a hog and ice cream, we're like, whoa, how did I get here, right? It's the pattern we're used to over and over and over again, okay? So we have to become aware of it. It's like, what are the patterns that are happening that keeps me from letting my ego go so I can actually have success, okay? And it's probably one of these seven, or two of these seven, or four of these seven, or seven of these seven. Like, it's for everyone, right? So become aware of it. Now as you like start on this process, and the resistance starts trying to keep you from actually pursuing that goal, and you like, start feeling these things, and start freaking out, all this stuff starts happening, right? As you start pursuing forward, you're like, oh, ah, I'm doing it again. 
I'm doing a people pleaser thing. Stop. I'm not a people pleaser. I'm here to hit this goal. I have a definite purpose. I chose that in module number two. I'm pursuing with my heart, my mind, my soul. I'm going to hit it no matter what happens, right? I'm going to pursue, to progress, to hit that thing. I'm not going to be a people pleaser. And so the pattern stops. You get out of the pattern. You get back to work. Okay, and also you're moving forward. All of a sudden, boom, the next one happens. You're the pessimist. You're like, oh, that's not going to work. You're like, oh, wait, oh, I'm being a pessimist. I don't know any successful pessimist on this planet. Literally, it is impossible to be both of those things. Therefore, I'm a pessimist. I can't be successful. So I'm going to stop the pattern right now. I'm going to step back out, quit being skeptical. I'm going to keep moving forward because I already chose the plan. The desire is placed in my heart. It didn't come from me. It came from something external. I have faith in that thing. Therefore, I will continue to pursue my goal and move toward, forward towards it. Okay, you start moving forward, and all of a sudden, like you get in this procrastination. And then I'll like, stop. Wait. I'm about to get into like a three-week procrastination cycle that I used to do my old pattern, but I'm aware of now it's procrastination. Let me stop. Stop the pattern. I'm procrastinating. All right, quit doing that, Russell. Turn the TV off. Delete Instagram. Delete Facebook off your phone. Get back to work. Quit procrastinating. Keep moving forward, right? Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward, okay? The resistance is going to keep throwing these different things at you over and over and over again to keep you off of the cycle as you are pursuing trying to hit your goals, okay? Um, so that's what I want to share. Now, the last piece I want to share today is... Again, you're in your ordinary world. You hear this call to adventure. You have the refusal of the call. For you to really be successful is you have to figure out, like, am I going to actually do this thing? You have to commit 100%. You have to decide, like, yes, I'm going to do this thing. Okay? When you leave from this, after you have the refusal of the call, when you have passed through that, so it doesn't matter. My brain doesn't want me to do this, but I know this is the right thing. And you pass refusal of the call, and you move into the hero's journey and actually start pursuing it. Like, that's where we want to get to. There's, a, there's a, something that happens right in between there. It has to do with deciding, with cutting off all other options and focusing on that thing. And then keeping that commitment to yourself, keeping your word to yourself. Um, and I want to teach this, but I'm not the best. I have a friend who, I've had him speak on stage at Funnel Hack, or different, different events, four different times, teaching this principle, because uh, it's so powerful. So I actually want to show you guys a video clip of your cold. That's about 10 minutes long, and it's the next step. It's the how to get out of the step number three, where you are the refusal of the call, and make the commitment to yourself to move forward and actually pursue it. You guys are cool if you watch that right now? Okay, so we've got about a 10-minute video we're going to watch. Um, the person who's going to be in this video with me is one of my friends, Myron Golden, one of the most prolific speakers I have ever met in my life, someone who I love and care about. And um, I've watched this so many times. I've been on stage with him doing it so many times. And every time um, I get that spot where I hear the refusal of the call, this is what pops back in my head instantly. And I'm like, ah, as you guys know here in a minute, I've decided, I've already made that commitment to myself. I'm not lying to myself. I'm going to move forward. So that said, we're going to watch this video about 10 minutes long, and I'll come back right after that. Ready, set, go. How y'all doing? Y'all doing good? Everybody good? Cool. So how many of y'all would like to have more confidence? Say me. No, come on, like, like, it's, like it's Funnel Hacking Live. How many of y'all want to have more confidence? Say me. Okay, cool. So, so I want you to think about something. The root word of confidence is what? Somebody said it. What'd you say? Confide. Now the word confide, the word confide, confide, that's a really fascinating word. Confide. The word confide means what? It means to trust. So the word confide means to trust. And here's why people don't have confidence. This is the main reason people don't have confidence. Because they don't trust themselves. Now, have you, have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought about the fact that you have heard... And you're the only person in the world who's ever heard this. You're the only person in the world who's ever heard every lie you've ever told. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, let that sink in. 
You're the only person in the world who's, told every, who's heard every lie you've ever told. And so when you think about the fact that you've heard every lie you've ever told, one of the things you have to do to develop confidence is you must become a person of your word. Because when you tell somebody you're going to do it and you don't do it, they might not remember that you lied, but your subconscious will remember that you lied. When you say, I'm going to be there, and you don't show up, they might not remember that you didn't show up, but your subconscious will remember that you did not show up. And so, in order for us to have confidence, we have to learn to trust ourselves, and we learn to trust ourselves by making, by learning to decide instead of to choose. Now, most people think deciding and choosing are the same thing. They're not. So I'm going to tell you what decide means. Decide. De means of or from. Side means to cut. Now, that's that's really fascinating. When we think about to trust, the reason we trust, the thing that causes us to trust is truth. And truth is based on a concept that is very, very old because truth is very, very old. And the old concept that truth is based on is called a covenant. Everybody say covenant. 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 Now, covenant's not a word that you hear a lot about in these days because it's like an old concept. And it's, it's like from societies of honor. And in societies of honor, I want you to remember what I'm about to say. In societies of honor, people would rather die in honor than live in dishonor. Did y'all, y'all pick up what I just put down? Okay. So let's say two people were getting ready to enter into a covenant. What they would do, it's, it's really interesting. If you want to read this in the Bible, you can go find this really cool story in Genesis chapter 15. And it tells the story about how in Genesis chapter 12, God calls this man named Abram and he says, look, if you will leave the land of the familiar and go on the hero's journey, so fascinating, right? Then you'll leave the land of the familiar and you will go to the land that I'm going to show you where it is when you get there. I will make you something you can't make yourself. I will give you something you can't get yourself. I'll bless you in ways you can't bless yourself. I'll take the source of your shame and make it the source of your fame I'm going to bless you and bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you, and all the families of the earth will be blessed in you. Now, I don't know if you can imagine this, but when I read that story, you know what I do? I imagine the conversation he had with his wife. (laughs) Sarah, we're moving. Where are we going? Well, I don't know, but God said he'll let me know when we get there. (laughs) Can you imagine having that conversation with your wife? And so he decides to leave. And God says, he comes 10 years later, Nothing's happened. He said, I'm going to make you, his name's Abram. Nothing happened. So God says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to bring these animals. I want you to bring a heifer three years old, a sheep goat three years old, a, turtle, a, um, a ram three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Bring them to this place, cut the animals in pieces, kill them, cut them in pieces, but don't cut the birds. So when two people got ready to enter into covenant, they would bring an animal. So let's say Russell and I are going to get into covenant. Russell, you start over there. You got your animal. I got my animal. We lead our animal to this place in the middle. I'm going to give you a knife, too. Here, here's a knife. There's a knife. Okay, so so there you go. So we're going to lead our animal to the place in the middle, and we're going to come right here, right there, X mark. Okay, so turn around now. He's going to turn around, kill your animal, and cut it in pieces. 
Okay, he's really violent. Okay, so cut it, cut it in pieces. We have Bruce Lee, so I figured I'd give you all a little theatrics. Okay, so now we're back to back. We're going to enter a covenant together. And what we're going to do is we're going to walk around that carcass of that animal. He's going to walk around the carcass of his animal in a circle. I'm going to walk, walk around the carcass of my animal in a circle. And we're going to look at the brutality of the death of that animal that we slaughtered. And we're going to take in the brutality of that death. Okay, so go ahead and walk around yours in a circle. So he walks around. We're walking around it very slow. We're looking at it. We come back in the middle face to face. We take our knife in our left hand. We cut our right hand. We put our, bind our hands together with the, we bind, put our hands together, bind it together with a rope. His blood becomes my blood. My blood becomes his blood. And we become covenant brothers. And then we exchange covenant names. My name becomes Myron Russell Golden. His name becomes Russell Myron Brenson. We exchange covenant vows, and I say, Russell, I'm going to give everything I have. I'm going to give my time, my effort, my attention, my intention, my wealth, my resources, everything that I know, all of my money, and even my life if necessary to protect you and yours. And if I don't keep my word to you, may what happened to that animal happen to me. He says to me, Myron, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to, and he points to the animal. He's going to give everything he has, his wealth, his time, his effort, his energy, um, all of his secrets. <laughs> so I couldn't resist. I couldn't, I couldn't resist. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. Please forgive me for that. <laughs> um, and he's going to give everything he has to protect me and mine. If he doesn't keep his word to me, may what happened to that animal happened to him. And so now we become covenant brothers. And so now, regardless of anything and everything, I know whatever happens in the world, he's got my six, I've got his six. And he would rather die protecting me than not keep his word to me. I would rather die protecting him than not keeping my word to him. And so when we make a decision, I want you to think about this. Here's, here's what's fascinating about a covenant. You say, why are you talking about a covenant? Because decide means to cut yourself off from any other possibility, right? What does choose mean? It means to pick one. What does covenant mean? The word covenant actually means to cut. So what if every time from now on for the rest of your life, whose life? Everybody tap yourself on the chest say my life. What if from now on for the rest of your life, every time you told somebody you were going to do something, you are actually making a covenant with yourself where you would rather die keeping your word than lie and live. You would have confidence because then you wouldn't go around remembering all the lies you told every time you open your mouth because most people don't trust themselves because they've broken their word to themselves so many times in the past, they can't believe a word they say. Become a person of your word. Can I finish with one more quote? Here's what it says in John. It says, in the beginning was the word. That's an interesting. And the word was God, and the word was with God, and the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Him who? Him the word. Without him was not anything made that was made. Here's what it says in verse 14. And the word became flesh 
and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father. You say, Myron, what does that have to do with me keeping my word? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. When your word becomes your flesh, you can dwell among the people you gave it to. When it doesn't, you have to hide from those very same people. When your word becomes your flesh, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. What happened next? And we beheld his glory. When your word becomes your flesh, people will behold your glory. Then and only then can they believe your story. Become a person of your word. Russell, thank you. Awesome. Thank you. How many of you guys can listen to Myron talk for days and not even get tired or sleepy? Like, he's amazing. So uh, I hope that was impactful for you. I know for me, every single time I hear that, it's just like, man, it's so, it's so good. I never thought about that, that fact that like, I, do I trust myself? Am I confident in myself? Am I like, lying to myself or not? Like now is the time for all of us, regardless of where you are in your journey, to like, start making these decisions, to decide to cut off all other options and then start keeping your word to yourself right? So right now we've gone through this whole process, right? We're starting our ordinary world. From there, we hear the call to adventure. Then we have the refusal of the call, all the fear, all the things, resistance to trying to use to fight against us. And now we have to decide, are we actually going to do this? Right? And this is up to you. This is the decision. Again, 98% of the people stop here. They don't make it past this step. Okay. If you want to make it past this step, you want to pursue your goals and your dreams and things you're trying to create, then right now it's time to decide to cut off all other options, to make that decision, and then to keep your word to yourself, despite the fear, despite the things that are scary, despite all those different things. Okay. Um, there's a quote Tony Robbins talks about all the time. He's like, if you want to take the island, what do you got to do? You got to burn the boats. You got to get rid of everything else in the past, right? We're going to do some work. It's going to take a lot of effort to us to reprogram our subconscious mind, to get rid of our ordinary world and become the person that we've been called to become, right? But to do that, you've got to decide, you've got to cut off other options. And that's how we move past the step. That's how we get through the refusal of the call because it's going to be attacking us like crazy until you decide that this is what you are going to do. You're going to pursue it with your heart, your mind, your soul, no matter what that's when you get stuck until you do that, until you make that decision and you decide to move forward, okay? 